This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Say confidence. confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. We're talking about walking in confidence. He says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. Say confidence. confidence. For it, talking about confidence, carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform, say me, me. and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. So it's going to take confidence to be patient. It's going to take confidence to endure. It's going to take confidence to continue to run when you don't feel like running. It's going to take confidence in God. It's going to take confidence in yourself. It's going to take confidence in the blood of Jesus. It's going to take confidence in the Word of God. It's going to take confidence in the Spirit of God. It's going to take confidence for you and I to be everything God has called and created us to be. And God wants the confidence that comes directly from Him to rise up in us, to empower us to be everything He's called and created us to be. Confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Now, in the Greek, this word confidence, um, it's P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. I would butcher it if I tried to say it. But it means all outspokenness, frankness, bluntness, assurance, boldly. That God wants you and I in the middle of whatever storm that you might face, or just when you get up in the morning, He wants us to start being bold and assured that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. He wants us to be confident that He's watching over His Word to perform it in our life. He wants us to be confident that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father forever making intercession for you and I right now. He wants us to be confident that when we call upon the name of Jesus, that His ears are open unto the cry of the righteous and His eyes are watching over your life. He wants you and I to be confident that angels are fulfilling their assignment in our life. He wants us to be confident that His hand is upon our life. He wants you and I to be confident that we have the ability to hear the voice of Almighty God. He wants us to be confident that we can be led by the Spirit of God and not driven by our flesh. He wants us to be confident when you step into that business deal, you be confident to, that you're going to have solutions, you're going to have answers, you're going to have the mindset of victory, you're going to have the anointing of God that leads you and guides you into every situation. He wants us to be confident that God is going to bring restoration in every area of our life. He wants us to be confident that all the all the, the, the stuff in the past that you've learned, it's been gaining momentum and gaining momentum and gaining momentum and gaining momentum to empower you to be everything that you're called and created you to be. Say confidence. confidence. Now, Psalm 71, verses 5 through 8. This is the psalmist David. Now, I want you to picture the psalmist David here, because here is a man that he did not grow up in a kingly family. But he ended up being one of the greatest kings of all time. But here was a, a boy that wasn't even invited to the pick a king party when the, the prophet Samuel comes and he asks, Jesse, I want you to bring your boys because... God sent me on an assignment that the next king of Israel is in your family. And so the dad brings all the boys together and leaves David out in the field. 
because the dad didn't think he had what it took to be the next king. And the prophet Samuel said, none of these, none of these boys that you have before me are, are it. Do you have anybody else? He says, yeah, I've got one more. He's out in the pasture. He says, well, I'm not leaving until you go get him. So here's the psalmist David who had a, uh, he wasn't um, born into this position. He was promoted into this position by God. So no matter where we're at, that dream that's on the inside of you, with God all things are possible if you'll choose to believe. That desire, that vision that you've placed on the inside, that with God all things are possible. I don't care where you've come from or what obstacles you're facing right now. That God Almighty Himself believes in you, He's in you, He's for you, He's on your side, and He can promote you no matter if anybody else is, no matter if anybody is telling you you can't do it, God, when He says that that's what He's called and created you to do, then that's what you're called and created to do. And you're the only one that can stop that from coming to pass. So here is the psalmist, David, Psalm 71. He says, For you are my hope. You are my trust from my youth and the source of my confidence. Upon you I have leaned and relied from birth. You are He who took me from my mother's womb, and you have been my benefactor from that day. My praise is continually of you. I am as a wonder and a surprise to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth shall be filled with your praise and with your honor all the day. Now think of this. David says, you have been my benefactor. You have been my supporter. You have been my sponsor. You have been the one that is backing me. You have been the one that has invested into me. You are the one who's appointed me. You are the one who's called me. You are the one who has designed me. From my mother's womb, you are the one who has orchestrated and ordained every divine connection I have. He was focusing on the source of his confidence, who is Almighty God. Pause. Who is the source of your confidence? We say that, but if we really looked in your inner man, would that be the case? If I really were to look at your daily schedule, your daily relationship with God, could you honestly, could it be evident that God is the source of your confidence? Not in church, but in our daily life. In the heat of the moment, can we truly say, God, you are my confidence? In facing lack, God, you're my confidence. In facing sickness, God, you're my confidence. In facing betrayal, God, you're my confidence. In facing whatever obstacle, God, you're my confidence. If not, it's time to get there. And it's a daily process to build confidence, not in ourselves, but in Him. Now, when we build confidence in Him and we start to see ourselves from His perspective, you're going to have confidence in the one who made you. You're going to have confidence in His super on your natural. You're going to have confidence in that desire that's in your heart. You're going to have confidence in the passion that He's placed on the inside of you. You're going to have confidence in the gifts and the talents that He's given you. You're going to have confidence that what God has put in you, nobody, it didn't come from anybody else from God, but God. Amen. So when I truly look in my heart, can I truly say there's a, there's, if there's a spiritual rope, would it be directly connected to God? Because there's all kinds of stuff in life that is designed by the enemy to rip away our confidence. There's all type of words, there's all type of social media stuff, there's all type of things that are designed to stop our confidence in God and our confidence in what He's created us to do. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. 
He says, most blessed is the man... Listen, not just blessed, but most blessed. Say most blessed. blessed. Is the man who believes in, trusts in, relies on the Lord, whose hope and confidence the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spread out its roots by the river, and it shall not see and fear when he comes, but its leaves shall be green, and it shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease yielding fruit." Notice this, most blessed, verse 7, is the man who believes in, trusts in, relies on the Lord, whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Whose hope and confidence the Lord is. And I I want, one of the reasons I put these notes together is because I want you to, to, to spend time getting these scriptures on the inside of you. Because God doesn't, God doesn't uh, judge our faithfulness by us just starting. God judges faithfulness by finishing. It's easy to get excited and, oh yeah, put me in, coach. It's easy to get excited and, oh yes, I want to I serve God. Yes, I want to fulfill that dream. Oh yes, I'm going to get my life right. It's easy to start, but faithfulness isn't measured by starting something. Faithfulness is measured by finishing something. Luke chapter 17, you can read it in your own time. It says that faith increases not just when we start, but whenever the servant of faith stays out in the field and it does what it's created to do. He says whenever you have a servant come in, you don't say, oh, oh, sit down and let me make you a meal and let me take care of you. He says, no, a servant, you tell him you need to complete what you are designed to do. You have the faith to complete what you're designed to do. You have the ability of God in you and on you for you to believe God for every single thing needed in your life, whether it's a spouse, whether it's resources, whether it's lands, buildings, equipment, whatever it is, you have what you need to be everything God's called and created you to be. But it's going to take our source, our source, us receiving confidence directly from Him. He says, when we get to this place, most blessed is the man whose confidence comes from God. Say most blessed. Now, a lot of times we think that our past sin is bigger than the power of God. We think our mistakes are more powerful than the blood of Jesus. We think our insufficiencies are bigger than the power of God. And that's not the case at all. With God, all things are possible to the person who's willing to believe. Are you, are you truly willing to believe God's Word? Are, you, are we truly willing to believe that God is in us and for us and on our side? Are we truly willing to believe that if I don't throw away my confidence, there's a, a great reward connected to that confidence, and I'm going to have the endurance and the steadfastness to fulfill all the will of God for my life? Not just a part of it. I don't want to get before the Lord and the Lord say, Man, good job. You, you did about this much. Good job, uh, you're going to spend eternity with me, but, but what about all of this that I'd created you to do, but, but, but you got scared, and it was too hard and too difficult, and you didn't do it because so-and-so said you couldn't do it. That ain't going to be me. And I believe it's not going to be you either. That there's something different on the inside of us, that it doesn't matter what our past has been, the power is what we do in the present. The power is what we do right now. The power is what we do when we get up in the morning. The power, faith is always in the now, not in the past. So God wants us to have have knowledge of who He is and have knowledge of who we are in Him because there's confidence in knowledge. Look look at Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. 
Here's some things that can help us keep our confidence. Hosea 4, 6. It says, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Synonyms for destroyed. Listen to this. People are, so, so I want you to think with me. People are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The word destroyed synonym is dismantled, crushed, wiped out, wrecked, butchered, exterminated, breakdown, nullified, and squashed. I want to read those again. Dismantled. People are dismantled for lack of knowledge. People are crushed for a lack of knowledge. They're wiped out for a lack of knowledge. They're wrecked for a lack of knowledge. They're butchered for a lack of knowledge. They're exterminated for a lack of knowledge. There's a breakdown. They're nullified. They're squashed because of a lack of knowledge. Not only about God, but about ourselves. Look at the anonyms here. Listen to this. So if people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, look what happens whenever we gain knowledge. Knowledge about God, knowledge about ourselves. Um, it says to aid, to assist, to build, to construct, to create, to fix, to give birth, to help, repair, preserve, save, restore. So think about it. With knowledge, this is what happens. It aids us. With knowledge from God, it assists us. With knowledge from God's Word, it builds us. With knowledge from God's Word, it constructs us. With knowledge from God's Word, it creates our world. With knowledge from God's Word, it can fix anything that's broken. With knowledge from God's Word, it gives birth to our dream and passion and destiny. With knowledge from God's Word, it helps us. It repairs us. It preserves us. It saves us. It restores us. Would it be good for you and I to have knowledge from God's Word about who He is, about who we are in Him? Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 5. He says, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family. You can put a business. You can put what, your, your, everything that pertains to life and godliness there is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge, say knowledge, shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong and is better than a strong man. And a man of knowledge increases and strengthens his power. A man of knowledge increases and strengthens his power. So people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge he says, when you gain knowledge, it's going to assist you. When you gain knowledge, it's going to build you. When you gain knowledge, it's going to help you give birth to who you're truly created to be. When you gain knowledge from God. I'm not talking a fat head where we just, oh yeah, bless the Lord, brother, and we have all this knowledge and there's no application in our life. When true knowledge is a knowing. That you just know it, don't know it up here, but it goes from up here, down to here, out here. From here, down to here, out here. He says, a man that is walking in knowledge about God and knowledge about who God has created him to be increases his strength and it increases his power. So when we have knowledge about some things, say knowledge, knowledge. It, it helps us in our confidence in God and confidence in ourself. See, when I was uh, growing up and stuff, and, and the mindset or what I'd been told about God from a religious perspective, I, I was afraid to have confidence in God because He was going to make me do something that I didn't want to do. And that's totally wrong. That's totally 
um, opposite of the character and nature of our Heavenly Father. Uh, yeah, there'll be times of sacrifice and there'll be times of surrender and there'll be times that you, you give up things because your desire to please Him becomes greater than whatever you have. There, it, it, it shifts that it's not God taking away. It's out of a love and passion for God that I'm willing to surrender it all for you just like you surrendered it all for me. That he's a, he's a good father, that he's wanting to give everything that you need in your life and exceeding abundantly overflowing for you to be everything God has called and created you to be. And so knowledge, say knowledge, increases our confidence. I'm, once again, not just fathead religious knowledge, but going from our head to revelation, to experience. Now that's a process. That's a process, right? It's a, just like anything, but a lot of times what separates the committed from the uncommitted is the pressure of the process. That it gets a little bit hard and the people who are just interested because it sounds good to serve God and it's okay, I want to make sure I'm going to go to heaven. Pressure comes on, they're separated because they're truly not committed. But when you're committed, it don't matter if all hell breaks loose, you're still going to be in the game. It don't matter if things don't work out the way you thought they were going to work out, you're still in the game. God wants to be able to find you. Can He find you? Can, he be count, can you be counted on? Now we say that, but I really, I don't, I mean, I'm not asking for you just to say that. Just, I'm, I'm really wanting us to go inward. How are we doing? Can God count on me to show up? Can He count on me to be in His presence whether things are good or whether things are bad? Or do I just do it when it's convenient? Can God count on me to be um, after Him whether things are working out the way I want them to or not? You don't have to respond. I just want you to go inward. Because this is where true confidence comes from. Your confidence is determined by what you're committed to. When you're committed to the process, you're confident. I don't care if all hell is broke loose in your life. You stay confident. Why? Because you're committed to Him and you're committed to being the best you you can be. You are committed. You're not just interested. You're committed. You're not just toying with it. You're committed. You're in it. The word commitment, a dedication to a long-term course of action. Am I committed for a long-term course of action or do I just want to play church whenever it's handy? Do I just want to play church when things are good or maybe for you it's whenever things are bad? Because whatever I'm committed to determines where my confidence comes from. So if I'm lacking in my confidence, the first place I've got to check is my commitment level. My commitment level to God, my commitment level to His Word, my commitment level to growth, my commitment level to learning. People are destroyed, crushed, wiped out. This, we just got back from Hawaii and you talk about wipe out. Man, I, was, I went out there to find Chloe's goggles one day and this wave picked me up and stood me directly on my head in the ocean floor. You think it would be soft? It has no give whatsoever. I mean, I heard everything cracking me. Crack, crack, crack. And I thought it kind of knocked me out. So I got up and tried to get out of the water as soon as I could. And the next day we saw that little sign and it had this guy with this wave coming up over him and he, he was on his head and it had an X on him like that. <laughs> that was me. I was like, look, they took my picture yesterday. <laughs> so I learned to, to go under the waves after that. Wipe out. Does it feel like I'm being wiped out in life? Because I don't have the right knowledge. 
How is our confidence level? He says, don't throw away your confidence because your confidence carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Philippians 1.6, he says, be confident. Be confident. Be confident. Be, say, be confident. How? And this isn't a false confidence where you're just arrogant and prideful. See, people think whenever you're confident in God and they're insecure, they'll call you arrogant. When insecurity meets confidence... They say it's arrogance. When insecurity meets confidence, people call you arrogant. But when you're confident in God and you're confident in who God's created you to be, you're not arrogant, you're just confident. There's a difference between cocky and confidence. It's a false, it's a false sense of confidence most of the time when you see somebody that's cocky. Now, you need to, when I say cocky, you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, that's, a, that's not just a Texas word, hopefully, if you're watching from other. You get what I'm saying. But when you're confident in God and you're confident in what God has put in your heart, you think different. You walk different. You act different. You live different. Why? Because you know who's in you, who's with you, and who's for you. So he says, okay, to, to help protect your confidence, he said, here's some things to have knowledge of because knowledge um, is going to assist us. It's going to build us. It's going to help us give birth to what God has for our life. Say confidence. God wants me to walk in confidence. Say that. God wants me to walk in confidence. God wants me to walk in confidence. You know your success is tied to God's success. And God's success is tied to your success. Success, remember the definition of true success is you knowing God and being the best you you can be. Not, not money, not houses, not true success is a person being in the process of knowing God and being the best you that you can be. How are you doing? How are we doing on being the best us we can be? Knowledge of God. Knowledge if lack of knowledge destroys people, knowledge builds people, assists people, the knowing of God. So here's some things just for us to help, help build our confidence in God and in ourselves. Number one, knowledge of your purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. We are sure to know that God, being a partner in their labor, pause, God being a partner in my labor, is God really a partner in everything that I'm a part of? Is God really... Because knowing our purpose gives us confidence. He wants to be a partner. He's the one who created you. He's the one who designed you. He's the one that wired you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to lead us. He wants to be for us. He wants to be a partner. Say, my partner. So, so notice he says, okay, knowledge of purpose gives us confidence. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Say, His design and purpose. Now, I want you to think about God being your partner. What does that look like? Because here you have the one who's all-knowing, you have the one who's all-powerful, you have the one who's all-present, you have Almighty God Himself saying, I want to be your partner, I want to partner. So, so what happens is whenever the devil steps up and he tries to take you out, your partner, whenever we trust him, says, uh-uh, 
I am in partnership with them and I'm going to take what you thought, you thought you won, you thought you took them out, you thought you were going to destroy their life, you thought you were going to totally rip everything away from them. Uh Uh-uh. I'm their partner. I'm going to take what you thought you were going to do to destroy their life and I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make it good in their life. The divorce wasn't good. The sickness wasn't good. The lack wasn't good. The car wreck wasn't good. But when we trust God, God will turn it around and you will shove it right up the devil's nose and God will get glory in your life whenever we trust Him. He says, I want to be your partner. Let the partner that is all-knowing show up in your life. Let the partner that is all-powerful show up in your life. Let the partner that is for you show up in your life. He said, I'm a partner that doesn't lose. God is my partner. Say He's my partner. If He hadn't been your partner, it would not be a good night to get in on the partnership, right? So knowledge of our purpose gives us confidence. Knowledge of why you exist gives you confidence. Knowledge of purpose gives confidence. So are you just going to a job or are you in your work? In Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, whenever God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, Adam first, He told Adam, work. The word work in Hebrew is the word aragon, and it means to become. That's why, men, it's very important for you to be in your work. Work came before woman. Women, that's why it's very important that you have a man that works, not goes to a job, but works. He's in his giftedness. He's in his desires. He's in his passions because that's a part of him becoming everything he needs to be to create an environment as a leader of your home for you to be who you're called and created to be. You are not designed to create the environment first. I mean, God will use you to intercede, to create an environment uh, through your prayers, through your, I mean, just through the, the leading of the Holy Spirit to turn His heart around. But ultimately, you want, if you haven't, and this apparently is for some single people in here, women, find a man who knows how to work. Not lazy, not a bum. And men, if you don't know your work, find it out. What are you created to do? One of the reasons, and apparently somebody needs to hear this, one of the reasons why women are so frustrated a lot of time is because men aren't in their work. And all a woman knows how to do is incubate. Whatever you give a woman, she's going to take it in. She's going to multiply it. She's going to give it back to you. It's the way God designed a woman. You give her sperm, what does she do? She takes it in. She incubates it, multiplies it, gives you a baby. You give her groceries, she takes it in, she incubates it, multiplies it, she gives you a meal. Or she goes and buys it, whatever, however you're wired. But you give her hell, she'll take it in, she'll incubate it, she'll multiply it, and she'll give it right back to you. But a lot of times, hundredfold, yeah, that's some harvest there, right? But a lot of times why women are so frustrated, men, is because men don't have the guts in today's society to be in their work. Knowledge of your purpose gives you confidence. Are you just going to a job or are you in your work? 
Are you in your giftedness? Are you following your passions? Are you following your desires? Are you in your work? Knowledge of purpose does what? Gives confidence. Knowledge of purpose does what? Gives confidence. Gives confidence. Number two. Knowledge of potential gives confidence. Knowledge of potential gives confidence. We're talking about how do I increase my confidence in God and increase confidence in my life. Okay, knowledge of purpose gives us confidence. Knowledge of potential gives us confidence. Remember in Judges chapter 6, and you can read this in your own time. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Here you have Gideon. And he's in a wine press and the enemy has taken the land and God shows up to Gideon in the wine press and he starts talking to him, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon starts talking back to God, God, you must have the wrong person. I'm the least of all the, all the people in my family. There's no way I can do what you're telling me to do. But God begins to speak to mighty man of valor. This is what it means whenever you begin to look at it in the Hebrew. It means champion. It means a man of wealth and a man of resources, a man of means, a man that is victorious. Mighty man of valor. You might see yourself one way, but God sees you another way. And God will always speak to you from your potential. When God speaks to you and I from our potential, it's to call us up. It is not to just create a false sense of security. It's to release faith on the inside of you. Whenever God speaks, it's always full of purpose. Whenever God speaks, it's always full of life. Whenever God speaks, it's always to give direction and instruction and to, and to get us to our destiny. So here Gideon is, he didn't think he could do it, but God started talking to the real him, saying champion, saying man of resource, saying man that you have what it takes. You think you're the least, but God thinks you're the, you're the most. You might think you don't have anything, but God thinks you have all you need, and that's him. Knowledge of potential gives you confidence. Think, think with me, whenever God created the bird, he put the flight in the bird. And what was in the bird is released whenever mama pushes the baby bird out of the nest, right? What's in the bird comes out when a demand is placed upon it. You, you might not think you can do what God is putting in your heart, but when you begin to step, the potential that is in you will come out when a demand is placed upon it. Don't you be afraid to do what you think you can't do when you know God says you can do it because that's your potential being released. In a fish, when he created a fish, he put the swim in the fish. They don't have to go to a school, even though they do f swim in schools. They don't have to s go to school to be who they're called and created to be. Potential, knowledge of potential, gives you confidence. Knowledge of potential. Potential, what do you really look like? What, what does the real you look like? How does God see that passion? How does God see that desire? Now, now the thing is, though, whenever the desire begins to stir on the inside of us, stay with me here, when you have a desire to do something or that dream pops up or that vision pops up and you're inspired and it affects your mind, it affects your will, it affects your emotions, you begin to see things differently, and, and, but then you get out of the presence of God. 
And you get away from it. And then you begin to talk yourself out of doing it. You begin, uh, you begin to, to back off because of the what-ifs start to kick in. Well, what if I don't have the money? What if this happens? And what if that happens? And oh my gosh, what if I start and everything falls apart? And, and what if? And what if? And what if? And so what happens is your spirit man is communing with God. But your soul isn't big enough to back up what your spirit man is telling you. So in order for it to go from your spirit out here in the natural, it has to come through the process of your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And when you're born again, your spirit man comes alive. But Paul tells us it's very important that you continue to renew your thinking and build your mind and build your soul. It's kind of like a, a, your soul is like a bank account that if I continue to build my soul and I continue to change my mind, my will, my emotions, I'm staying in the presence of God, I'm hearing God's word, I'm doing God's word, I'm applying it, my soul begin. I'm, I'm putting deposits into my account. So when my spirit man makes a demand on my soul, my soul and spirit come into alignment and says, yes, I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. So what was in the spiritual realm comes into the natural. But what happens a lot of times is your spirit man begins to talk to you, but we haven't been spending any time developing our soul. So our soul says, oh, I can't do that. Or that comes back insufficient funds. There's not enough in the soul to do what the Spirit is saying. So it's a process of developing mind, will, emotion, our soul. Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He says in order for you to bring it from the unseen to the seen, you've got to strengthen your soul. Jesus said the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, knowledge of purpose gives confidence. Knowledge of potential, 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 what you could be, where you could go. How does God see you? Are you daily developing into the person God has, has, has shined His light on you to be? At times when you've seen yourself doing this or you've seen yourself doing that and you knew it was the Spirit of God talking to you, are you doing it in daily? before you ever see it out here in the natural? Are you becoming it daily before you're walking in it out here in the natural? What are you doing every day to become the person you say God has called and created you to be? Because if you're not doing anything, it just stays over here as a wish. It stays over here as just a hope. It stays over here as just, well, maybe. But when you're developing into that daily, it's just a matter of time before it comes into the natural. So knowledge of potential gives us confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Say, God wants me to walk in confidence. So knowledge of purpose gives confidence. Knowledge of potential gives confidence. Knowledge of resources gives confidence. Number three, knowledge of resources gives confidence. Knowledge of resources. God has given us resources right here. The greatest resource we have is God's Word, is God's Spirit, is the church, is the body of Christ. God has given us resources. What are we doing with it? Your body is a resource. What are you doing with it? Your TV is a resource. What are you doing with it? Your phone is a resource. What are you doing with it? Your, your relationships, certain relationships, there are resources. Is it good resource or bad resource? Knowledge of re resources gives confidence. Uh, pastors, mentors, what are you doing with them? 
Something I ask myself all the time with the mentors that are in my life, am I truly getting everything out of this relationship that God has created me to get out of it? Am I truly applying, am I already applying what they've already shared with me? Because we live in a society, I just always want more. Always want more. So I've got to ask myself, in order for God to be the one to make me ruler over much, I've got to be faithful with little. So when it comes to my mentors and stuff, my life, am, I, am I applying what I know from Dr. Savell right now? Am I applying what I know from John Maxwell right now? Am I applying what I know from Paul Martinelli right now? Yep, you know, Les Brown get his start. Am I applying what I know from the mentors that I have? Am I, am I applying what I know? And there's more out there than, uh, so the answer for myself, and you, you have to answer this, is no. No, I, I know there's a lot that I'm knowing that I'm not doing. So I don't necessarily need more knowing, I need more doing with what I know. Knowledge of resources, what are you doing with your TV? Is what you're watching helping you get to your destiny? What are you doing with your phone? Is what you're looking at on your phone helping you get to your destiny? Is what you're listening to helping you get to your destiny? The mentors, the ministers, are you using that resource in a healthy way to draw everything you can from those people in your life? I'm not saying abuse. Because I know a lot of times in the church world, People look at, uh, as ministers, I'm a resource. I'm a resource guy. That's who I am. But I'm not going to be at your beck and call for every single thing that you need. And that ticks some religious people off because they, they want you to be there for every single thing that there is to be at. And that's abuse. Abuse comes from abnormal use. I can tell some of you are really liking this. I can. Abuse means abnormal use. And God didn't give you resources to abuse them. He gave us resources for us to use them to develop us to become who we're called and created to be. That's why people say, I just want to come by and hang out. We're not hanging out at my house. <laughs> Knowledge of purpose gives us what? Power. Confidence. Power, confidence. Knowledge of potential gives us what? Confidence. Knowledge of resources gives us what? Confidence. confidence. God wants us to be confident in Him and confident in what He's created us to be. Don't throw away your fearless confidence. Number four, knowing your source will give you confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Knowing your source will give you confidence. Think about this. Whenever Jesus went, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and they'd seen the blind eyes open. They'd seen the deaf here. They'd seen the dead raised. They'd seen the little being multiplied to feed 20,000. They'd seen all this type of stuff. And they didn't come to Jesus and so say, teach us how to heal the sick. Teach us how to take that bread and fish and lift it up to the Father and multiply it. What did they say? Teach us how to pray. Because they realized that their prayer life was a connection to the power. Teach us how to pray. And how did Jesus teach them how to pray? Therefore, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word Father, you know what that means? Source. 
Jesus was saying, learn who your source is and it'll give you confidence. Connect to your source and it'll give you confidence. Whether it's healing, whether it's blind eyes open, deaf ears open, physical situations, the multiplication, the increase. He says, our Father, He says, always start with going to your source. Philippians 4.19, God promised to be our source. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Knowing your source gives you confidence. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, it says, Our spirit is bearing witness with the Holy Spirit. And our spirit, whenever we are born again children of God, is saying, Abba, Father. That word in the Greek means Father, Father. It's testifying He is our source. When you look into your heart, you know God is source of healing. God is source of victory. God is source of hope. God is source of wisdom. God is source of power. God is source. God is source. Knowing our source gives us confidence. Not knowing about our source... Not knowing about our source, but knowing our source gives us confidence. Say confidence. 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 So knowing our purpose gives us what? Confidence. Knowledge of our potential gives us what? Confidence. Knowledge of our resources gives us what? Confidence. confidence. Knowing our source gives us what? Gives us confidence. Knowledge of our source gives us confidence. I'm not going to go through all these because I just feel like we're at a... a, Well, just don't feel like we're supposed to go through all these, but I want to touch on on a few of them here. Um, Knowledge of your own ability, number six, gives you confidence. Number five of what we're talking about, but on your sheet it was number six, knowledge of your own ability gives you confidence. Knowledge of your own ability gives you confidence. Number seven, knowledge of your uniqueness gives you confidence. Number eight, knowledge of your predestination gives you confidence. Think about this. Whenever Jesus told the disciples that He was going to die, how could He be so confident to say, and I'm going I'm to rise on the third day? Because His Word from His Father gave Him confidence of what His future looked like. And God has a Word for you that what your future looks like. He says, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed and made whole. That Word should give us confidence. First John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. His Word should give us confidence. Knowledge of our predestination gives us confidence. If we know how it's going to turn out, it should give us confidence. We know that we're going to spend eternity with God, it should give us confidence. If we know that no matter what we face, we're going to come out the other side in victory, it should give us confidence. No matter what we face, when we have God's Word, it will give us what? Confidence. 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 When we know God is our partner, what is it going to give us? When we know that we're forgiven, what does it give us? When we know that God isn't holding anything against us, what does it give us? When we know God is our source, what does it give us? Confidence. Confidence in Him. Confidence in what He's called us to do. Confidence that His Word is working nonstop. When you know your own ability, it gives you confidence. When you know your own ability, it gives you confidence. I missed it a while ago, but I feel like we're supposed to go back there. When you know your own ability, you've heard this said before. I've even heard Tyson say it before. You know, your gift, your ability is God's gift to you. And what we do with our abilities is our gift back to God. 
Your ability and responsibility are connected. Your ability and responsibility are connected. Your assignment and your ability are connected. And whenever you know what God has placed in you, it's, it's from God what He's placed in you, then we should not be afraid. We should be confident. Now, I'm not saying be dumb and get the cart before the horse. Remember, it's a process. It is a process of walking in everything that God has called and created us to be. But when you have knowledge of your ability, it should give you confidence. When you have knowledge of your wiring, it should give you what? When you have knowledge that even while you're asleep, God's Word is working 24 hours a day, it should give you what? When you know that Jesus is praying for us, it should give us what? When you know angels have charge over you, it should give you what? Confidence. Confidence. God wants you and I to walk in confidence. Isaiah 32, 17, and we'll get ready to be done. It says, The effect of righteousness will be peace... Internal and external. This is on the last page here. Isaiah 32, 17. The effect of righteousness will be peace, internal and external. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. I want to read it again. The effect of righteousness will be peace. Think, think how's your peace? Internal and external. The results of righteousness will be quietness and confidence. See, whenever you are confident in your right standing with God, you can be quiet. When you are confident that God is in you and God is for you and God is on your side, you can stand right in the middle of the biggest storm of your life and you can be confident inside and outside. You can have peace inside and outside because your confidence is in God, not in the problem. Your confidence is not in the sickness. Your confidence is not in the disease. Your confidence is not in the addiction. Your confidence is in God. And it says the effect of your confidence and your righteousness is that there's going to be peace inside and outside. The, the results of your righteousness, he says, man, you're going to be confident in your trust and confidence. He says, you're going to have a confidence and a trust forever. That's the way I desire to live. How about you? Amen. And no matter what, I want to be, I want to get up in the morning and I want to have such a confidence in God, such a confidence in His plan, such a confidence in the blood, confidence in His Word, confidence in His Spirit, confidence in His people, confidence in, in the church, confidence in what He's doing. I, I, I just want to live a confident life. I've been unconfident and I've been confident and confidence better. Kind of like being sick and being healed. Healed is better. Yeah. Having no money and having money, money is better. How's your confidence? How's your confidence? God, say this, God, God wants, me wants me to walk in confidence. Walk in confidence.